0: Currently, there is a war being waged in America. Uh, It's a war that you probably don't know much about. It threatens our sovereignty, our economy, our individual rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is being waged by corporations and the elites all across the world. And the effects of this war can already be seen in places like France, Ireland, and the Netherlands. It is not the war of free speech. It's not the war against religion. Believe it or not, it is the war on beef. Using climate change as a shield, this war seeks to control all food production. Major players, including politicians and mega corporations, all at the expense of the small American farms and the small farms all around the world. One rancher has been speaking out about this for quite some time. He's uh, here to talk about what you can do to stop it. He's a cattle rancher that believes in private property rights. He is the committee chair of RCAF USA. His name, Shad Sullivan. Before we get to Shad, when you are faced with a situation where you might have to shoot somebody in self-defense, God forbid this ever happens, in defense of your family, you have to make a decision like this fast are you willing to face the legal consequences are you willing to shoot that person is does it call for it you have it right the legal consequences the moral consequences are overwhelming i carry a gun so i am i feel comfortable that i can make that decision but i wouldn't mind it sometimes having something that maybe is less than lethal to start with and i you know the pepper spray whatever I want to introduce you to the Burna Launcher. It is the best non-lethal alternative that I've ever heard of. It's legal in all 50 states. No permits or background checks required. It can be used by all ages over 18. And it is. it has powerful deterrents like tear gas and kinetic rounds. 60-foot range. One shot can take out an attacker for out of the game for about 40 minutes. I don't know. I think you'd be safe. Berna, B-Y-R-N-A dot slash Glenn. Get 10% off your purchase now. Check this out. Berna, B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. Chad, thank you for coming in. Thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you wrote an amazing letter um that i i I think was so well thought out and talks about what people are facing i don't think the average person has any idea the war on food that's happening right now none
1: none whatsoever
0: um and i first saw it because you know i say i'm a rancher i'm not right i I own a ranch and the cattle, and then I watch other people make <laughs> make magic happen. I get it. Um but it is a it's a hard life. Um but it's a good life. It's good and life. um you understand how you just understand life when you're when you're dependent on the land, on God, um and you know, the the environmentalists that say you know we have to preserve this land there's there 's no better conservationist than a, a rancher or a farmer that 's right they know the soil that 's right okay um, talk about let's let's let 's start in california okay um, let 's go back to when was it two thousand and eight I think yeah two thousand and six proposition two that passed tell me what
1: that did. The way I understand that proposition was is uh, 63 percent of the voters uh, voted in favor of of requiring cage size requirements Mm -hmm. for chickens and hogs and Mm -hmm. such as that. And so that did go ahead and pass. But we knew, uh, you know, we know that that wasn't. The end intention, yeah, the end intention was no animals at all. And so they came back. uh, This movement, this anti animal ideology that is uh, just sweeping across the earth right now. Explain anti animal ideology. Well, in order to um, gain control of production and consumption, they have to have control of food production. Right. And, and the very ground level of food production is farmers and ranchers, right? And what do farmers and ranchers have? They have land because it takes land and natural resources to grow our food. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about uh, pigs, cattle, uh, vegetable crops, whatever it is. And uh, so the anti-animal ideology is, is a freedom taker. That's what it all amounts to is liberty and freedom. And in order for them to have, and when I say them, I say, I mean the global elite to have control Mm -hmm. of all production and all consumption, uh, they have to have control of that production. They have to have control of, of the land. And so that is where the anti-animal ideology uh, starts, but it, it, it tends to run downhill into, uh, uh, individual ideologies you know there are ideologues out there who don't believe in eating meat they, they right. believe that cattle are harming the land they they uh, they don't like that and so the global elite have used those ideologues as foot soldiers for their ultimate goal which is Total control.
0: Right. Global warming being used. Back then
1: it was global warming. When I was growing up, it was was acid rain. Okay. When I I was growing
0: up, it was global cooling.
1: Okay. Global cooling and then acid rain. Now we have, then we had global warming and they, they realized that the majority of the world's population wasn't going for it. So they changed it to climate change. And, uh, you know, this, this movement has been in the works for generations, but It's it's increasing because of um, our ability to learn, you know, the Internet, Mm -hmm. you know, the Bible talks about all of this. Yeah. And the days that we live in. So Mm. uh, it's it's gaining like fire in certain ways. And I see Americans starting to wake up and say, you know, there's something not right about this. And so but the hour
0: is growing late. Yes, it's, really late. It's very late. So, uh, California just passed Proposition Twelve. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Massachusetts also pop pass something like this?
1: I don't know about Massachusetts, but uh, they tried it in Oregon. Mm-hmm. They tried it in Colorado uh, with the Pause Act that would make you know any any kind of um, uh, action. If I needed to palpate a cow to, or pull a kef out, they made that a felony. They tried to make that a felony. It did not pass in Colorado, and I can speak for Colorado because that's where I'm from originally, um, only because they, we are a one, initiative, one ballot initiative state, so we can only have one question on the ballot, and they had two And so it did not get out of committee. Mm. Uh, But they're coming back and they're coming back with a vengeance through all states. So you said in 2006,
0: we knew that this wasn't going to end. Sure. Explain what California just did and why it affects all of us.
1: Well, uh, with the passage of Prop 12, um, that would that would inhibit uh, importers into California. That would regulate the people who sell into California under the same rules, which would eliminate you know, a lot of transactions that they need for their economy. And
0: and what they said was the pens have to be even bigger. Yeah. um, And uh, they they want the hogs to be able to turn around, and that apparently the ranchers are saying that's dangerous for the pigs. That's right. Um, But uh, everything has to be augmented. It would cost thousands of dollars for anybody to take these rules on my first reaction was good then let california live in california and no rancher should be changing anything let them feel feel the full ramification of this that's right but then what do the ranchers do
1: that's exactly right right and you know uh, california is one of our our largest uh, agricultural production states in the union uh in many ways they are and there are vast ranches out there that that uh, this, this affects all of them, you know, all production. You know, the beef cattle industry is the last bastion of freedom. And, and so their ultimate goal is to get to us, and that's how they're doing it, is on the lower levels, through, you know, chicken, uh, pork, and, and those other, other production, means of production.
0: When you say this is the last bastion of freedom, what do you mean by that?
1: <sighs> well, as of right now, Every, uh, every center of production in agriculture is vertically integrated. Uh, we've lost the hogs. China owns the hog production in the United States. We've lost the chicken and poultry uh, sectors to uh, corporate con- control. Uh, we've, we are importing 74%. 74% of our lamb is imported into the United States. We used to have 56 million head of lamb uh, three generations ago in the United States. Now we have 5 million head. Wow. Yeah. Now, wait a minute.
0: And that is because of regulation, just because you can't make a living at it. What is it?
1: Well, there's there's a plethora of reasons that, that come into it. You know, uh, droughts may have an effect. But the overall uh, mechanism here that we've seen come into play is uh, corporate control. Mm-hmm. They and, and that's what we're really seeing as a symptom of what's going on in California. This corporate control has... Um, has emboldened that their power has become emboldened and so the symptom of it is hey you're going to produce as we see fit or you're going to get out of the game yeah and see it's a very convoluted and complex uh, issue because on one side you have these ideologues and then you have uh, on the other side you have this takeover of corporate control in the United States and when they come together it's just like a snowball headed for hell and it gets very complex. These issues that we're talking about are are so complex and I don't understand them all. I, I understand my perspective of it. Uh, I think the Lord has given me a good uh, sense of where it came from mm-hmm. and where it's going. Uh, it's not something that I set out to learn, but but my family was affected by a, a land taking in 1999, and it opened my eyes to a corrupt system. And I was just yeah. a young man then, and um, that's how I came to to be an advocate for freedom and liberty because what they did to my family was was absolutely everything opposite. So. Um
0: I didn't understand until I started selling cattle. I didn't understand what a mafia system (laughs) it really is. I mean, the farmer, the rancher is held at gunpoint by, is it three or four companies? Four four Mm -hmm. companies. And they they process almost all of the meat. And so if you're not selling to them... Where 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 are you going to process? Well,
1: that's that's right. That's the question. Right? That's
0: the question. Yeah. And so, I have been in. I mean, the only way to become wealthy in ranching or farming today is to start wealthy. wealthy. You know, and okay. then that you know in time that'll go away. That's right. But there's there we're to the point. I think it was this year or last year where it costs more to feed the animal. Then they were willing to sell absolutely. or buy at absolutely, and you know there has to be some common sense. And the prices keep going down. And one year it'll be, oh well, it was a drought. Oh well, this was happening. Oh well, this was happening. It never seems to go up and have really good years several in a row. It's all down, and it's I you can't convince me there's no collusion there.
1: No, there's total collusion, and I'll I'll tell you this. Uh, The global elite, uh, in fact, um, an individual from the World Wildlife Fund said, we have to use collusion in order to implement this uh, agenda. And so they are using the corporate packers, you know, um, and the corporate packers are volunteering for it. Obviously, there's four four main packers uh, control 85 percent of the supply chain in the beef industry today. Uh, Two of them are foreign owned. Uh, national marfrig and jbs and why would we do this why do we do this well it all it all comes down to that complexity that i talk about that is to um weaken a nation and you're seeing it all over
0: so there is a movement to get regional and local packers but it's my understanding that is really expensive and hard to build, and, and you don't build them overnight. But that's a bunch of ranchers getting together and saying, we've got we've to cut this beef ourselves. We've got to package this beef ourselves because we can't. We're getting robbed And being driven out of business by these giant
1: companies. Yes, sir. If there was anything that COVID did positive for us, it opened Americans' eyes to the instability of concentration. Yes. And, uh, you know, since then, the farm-to-table movement has been enormous. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing for my family. It's been a blessing for millions of other families. Not only producers, but consumers, because they say, hey, we don't trust this system. How can we, how do we come together with the consumer? And that has taken place. And there is, the USDA has come out with programs since COVID that um, allows for regional and local expansion of our meat packing supply. And I do think that we have uh, been more competitive against the big four packers mm-hmm. than ever before. Now, the, we should break those Packers up. We have law antitrust oh, laws. Oh, my gosh, You yes. know, the Clayton Antitrust Act, the Sherman Antitrust, The Packers that, and Stockyards.
0: The fact that those Packers, I think two of them, are the leading people on fake meat
1: should tell you everything you need to know. Just last week, Tyson, uh, you know, announced a partnership with fake meat, you know, and they are huge investors. The problem with, you know, as I say... It was a gift. It was it was something that COVID gave us was that expansion of those li- local and regional packing facilities and the ability for us to to take our product and sell it locally. But now they're coming in and saying, "Oh, we got the EPA. We got to go by their environmental regulations." So now there's local and regional packing companies that are going to have to spend millions and millions on wastewater treatment plants on their in their own uh, organization. And so, what does that do? That puts us back out on the street and more dependent. So we have to get on top of all of these things. There's a lot of legislation that's come, uh, come fo- coming and coming forward. You know, it's a it, it's a farm bill year. You know, hopefully, and uh, there are good things happening, but it's because of. A small group of people saying we cannot, our, our country cannot sustain, and I hate that word, but it's a word, uh, it's been stolen from us, but we cannot sustain what's going on. We have to be able to feed our own country and others to have food security, which is national security. It is. I mean, uh,
0: people don't understand how, you know, we think of ourselves as the breadbasket of the world. We're not. We're not. Um, And that's by choice. We could be. We could be. Absolutely. But it's by choice. Um, And uh, I don't think people understand. You know, I said this a few years back when I first came on with, you know, uh, uh, ESG and, and the World Economic Forum and what they were talking about in Agenda 21 at first. Now it's Agenda 2030. Millions of people will starve to death all over the world. I mean, it will be the worst famine um, in human history if these people
1: get their way. Overnight. Yes. Overnight. Because what people don't realize is there are so many facets to to getting this food across the country. You know, here we have an attack on our energy supply. What does energy do for, for Americans? Everything. You look around this room right here. We cannot live without oil. Every single thing. Uh, We cannot live without those truckers. Those truckers are a huge part Mm -hmm. of our operations. They shut down for one day. I'm telling you, store shelves go empty overnight. We have no idea. They are restocked. I think it's, what is it? The
0: average is three to five times a day. They're restocked. I mean... People don't understand how fast this can go away.
1: During COVID, I call, went up to my local bigger grocery store, and they have a beautiful meat meat aisle. and And I, it was empty. And I said, "Well, how do you? What do you guys do here?" And they said, "Well, we stock it at six thirty in the morning, and everybody's figured out that the shelves are going to be empty by seven thirty. It's empty." They did it once a day. Unbelievable. It was unreal in America that we would have during that COVID issue that we would have people in bread lines. Yeah. You know, in America that we would be uh, destroying our harvests in America, the land of plenty, you know, and that's that's something that kind of got me going. And I was like, this this isn't the way it's supposed to be in our country. And this is
0: all coming from elites, 85% of elites and super elites. Super elites are ones that went to Ivy League colleges uh, and have a doctorate. Um, the, just the elite are making $150,000 a year. Uh, they've gone to college, have one uh, uh, postgraduate degree, um, and they're involved in the companies or countries you they just did a poll on those people 80 plus percent say that americans should not be allowed to eat beef or meat of any kind 85 percent i think people would be shocked to know that our world and i don't think they actually mean it otherwise why is zuckerberg building a ranch where he's feeding his cows
1: macadamia nuts well we have to remember what klaus schwab said in 2023 at davos and he said you will enjoy meat as a treat yes but not for sustenance and we know beef is really the only animal that can provide total and 100 percent sustenance to human life uh these elite that you talk about you know i i hearken back to my dad he's, he's gone now and But he was a self-made rancher, started with nothing, and 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 I can say this because this is our business. But we did it with cattle, and it was hard, and we're not done doing it. But he always, on his deathbed, we have an old bunkhouse sitting out there, and uh, that was the original homestead house. And in the last days of his life, I'd take him, wheel him over there, and and he said, I said, Dad, what are we gonna do? And he says, son, we'll never change America till they sit in the dark, cold and hungry. And that's the truth. And he, he came from a place of suffering, so he mm-hmm. understood that. But I think about these elites that you talk about, and they, I, I think about them at the same time. I think about all those people in those temperatures pulling calves and breaking ice up in the northern tier yep. last week. I think about somebody on the side of a road with a flat tire. Those elites couldn't even change a flat tire. They couldn't do the most simple things that require real life. And here they are uh, demanding and dictating how we're going to produce and consume, not only in America, but across the world. But what you're seeing in Germany, in Ireland, in the Netherlands, that's coming here. We're and on the, the Netherlands cusp of it.
0: People don't understand. Netherlands, that is the breadbasket of Europe,
1: the biggest exporter of, of uh, agriculture right. products
0: so you shut the netherlands down and europe begins to starve but they're doing it in country after country and they are ahead of us and most people in america see these you know farmers and these radical farmers as they're called they're not radical what are they asking for
1: oh i you know under the un rules they they regionally and incrementally Push that ideology. And that's what you're seeing happen in the European Union. And they use it in the African Union. The only reason they haven't started it here, when they have started it, but they haven't won, and we're not going to let them win, is because the American cattle rancher owns his land. We have a constitution that guarantees property rights. And that is the foundation of everything. That's the only thing that's going to protect us. Because
0: That's what's happening in the Netherlands. That's they're exactly taking what it, that farmland away. That
1: farmland away. And we have to we have to get on board and understand that the found our founding fathers and their creation of this living document we call the Constitution of the United States is the only way we save this country. Mm-hmm. And we save it through private property and private property. It doesn't have to be land. It might be your coat. It might be a gun. It may be it was whatever allows you to put food on your table. That is the foundation of what we're talking about. All of these issues that we talk about, and it doesn't matter if it's in the ag industry, the beef industry, oil, energy, all of it. Everything we talk about goes back to liberty and freedom. Are we able to produce it the way we see fit?
0: I want to talk to you about relief factor.
1: Are you in pain, Boopy?
0: You can come and let me kiss and make it better. No, no, that's creepy, really. Creepy. Uh, Let me tell you how you can get out of pain. Possibly. 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more month after month. It is something that I tried years ago, never thought it would work, but it did. It broke the back of my pain. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight that pain by fighting inflammation. 100% drug-free, developed by doctors just to help reduce or eliminate pain through reducing inflammation. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start. Would you try it? 70% of them go on to order it again and again. See if it can help you. Try their three-week Quick Start kit, Nineteen ninety-five Comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So give it a try. You don't have nothing to lose. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four, Relief. 800 for Relief. ReliefFactor.com. Talk to me about um, NACs, um, National Asset Corporations. Thankfully, um, it it has been withdrawn. The application has been withdrawn by the New York Stock Exchange. But I don't think that's the end of no. it because this is the loss of land yes. and rights. Yes. So, talk about what that what well, that is. Uh,
1: the natural asset companies, the, uh, the uh, New York Sh- Stock Exchange. Uh, Petitioned the Securities and Exchange Commission to create what they call natural asset companies. And uh, they are so convoluted and so. Uh, complex it's hard to understand but the basic is is they would take control of our natural outputs in in other words they would monetize and quantify our air our water anything productively tied to the land and so at the end of it in the beginning of it uh, it would affect really uh state and federally owned lands uh those lands that have been given over to conservation easements Private lands, you could you could enroll your private land into it. But the just of it is, is they end the end result is they take control of the management of those natural outputs, and then they can dictate how you produce on that land. Right. You
0: could be a cattle rancher, you know, and cattle farts apparently the bane of everybody's existence. <laughs> right. um, and uh, they can come buy the air rights, That's the right. assets. That's right. And say you are polluting too much we need clean air here and basically shut you down that's
1: right because they they have under in under this rule uh the rules of management would have to be follow sustainability right and so what is sustainability it's what i've been talking about all day here it's consumption and production control that's all it is you know when when this is a global move to take uh, possession of our lands, these are land grabs, and it didn't start here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have national heritage areas. My, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was part of an organization that defeated one in southeast Colorado in 2014, and the only reason we knew about it, Glenn, was it was leaked from the National Park Service to an individual. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to tell us about that. You have conservation easements that uh, people are going into. Farmers and ranchers are going into uh, under the guise of protecting their future rights on these lands. That's not what it's doing. It's giving their future rights away. They're the last. They're the last owners that have pr- mm-hmm. productive principles, mm-hmm. uh, not the future. We have. I, the, I
0: know. I'm afraid. I live in the middle of a national forest. I have 1,100 acres. In the middle of a national forest. So I have a state road that goes through it so I can get to it. But I am terrified that that land is not going to be
1: mine. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, under some conservation easement contracts, uh, uh, my neighbor can put a conservation easement on his ranch. And under that contract, it can say no oil wells pumping in the view shed. Well, what does that do to you? It ends up kicking you out because nobody's going to come drill for oil on your land. You know, they make all of these uh, very corrupt principles and they hide them in these Uh in these contracts. And I, you know, in my in my country where I grew up, southeast Colorado, uh, all ranch country, thousands of of farmers and ranchers put their land in easements. And my dad was like, don't don't do it. You're you're dictating from the grave.
0: Yes. You know, it is so wrong when you when you say um we are putting this land in conservation from here on out you're going to be long dead you have no right to do anything to, you shouldn't destroy it and you can't uh lock it up you can do neither of those
1: it's in the name of the dollar though that's the problem i, I can conserve my land and I can do that uh, as 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 we pass it down from generation to generation. I don't need somebody paying me to do that. Correct. I can do that. So when we have all of these cattlemen and women, I know going across Florida, everybody's talking about how many people are moving in, and we got to put these uh, lands in conservation easements. gum, do it yourself. Don't don't take the dollar to dictate from the grave that nobody can do anything with this land down the road. You, you can do that yourself. You don't need the money. You're there. And so here we are talking about conservation easements. You know, we have the American Prairie Reserve in, in uh, Montana, uh, totally controlled by the World Wildlife uh, Fund. The World Wildlife Fund is, is interested in management of the natural asset companies. You see how this is all interwoven uh-huh. and inter- uh-huh. intertwined? These non-governmental, environmental, or extreme environmental organizations are are so heavily funded that we can't compete. And now you have what they call public-private partnerships. Oh. They're the most dangerous thing on earth. It's fascism. It's that fascism. It's any li- ism yeah. that you want to put. It is total fascism. And that's, you know, I know people think I'm a little bit crazy. No. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. If I can save my country and let my son taste the taste of liberty, taste the taste of freedom, I'm okay. Because what's happening is two plus two. You don't have to be a smart man. I'm not a smart man. I saw what was happening back in 1999, and then we come in in about 2010, and they start talking about the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. And when I hear global, and I knew that they were stealing the word sustainable, I knew we were in trouble. And I'm telling you, our, our, our uh, trade organizations have signed on to these sustainability models, mm-hmm. and they did it without knowing what true sustainability meant. There's only one sustainer, and it's not the global elite. The, we, we are in trouble, and I'm telling you, they're pushing, since the, since the uh, delineation of the natural asset companies, they're coming out stronger than ever. They're pushing for, for global control through sustainable development, and it's not good. What should the average person do? We can do a lot of things. Number one, we can dedicate, dedicate ourselves to the U.S. Constitution that living document we have and to learn number it. one thing we have to do it glenn we have to do it we can support legislation by our state and national leaders that that are actually on our side most of them are not on our side even the republicans no i say republicans democrats wings on the same bird but there are a few republicans out there that treasure liberty so we have to support them and we have to help them we have to run for our local governments because they've infiltrated Cleared out. These extremists, these ideologues, they're patient. They're so patient. And they've, they've infiltrated clear to the lowest levels. They're in our churches now. You're seeing oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're seeing it. Mm. We they're, need-
0: they're, they're absolutely everywhere. And you, you're right. They're patient. Uh, I mean.
1: It's all about incrementalism.
0: Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you, if you're not paying attention, you find yourself going, wait a minute. When did that change? Yeah. What, what, happened, exactly. what happened here? Exactly. Um, and they're. And they're now so bold, talking in Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, about taking five dams down. What happens to the farmer and the rancher in high desert with no water?
1: Yep. It's, it's an unbelievable movement. But we can, we can support local. We can, we can buy local American-made products. And that's why it's so important for us to... Reimplement mandatory country of origin labeling. Everything we buy in the United States has a country of origin label on it, except beef and pork. The
0: little flag means nothing. Product of USA—that means nothing. Means nothing. That means cut in the U.S. They can
1: repackage it. They can cut it. Put it in another box. And it becomes a product of the USA. It is so deceptive because, you know, I, I have a lot of friends across this country, and most of them are cattle ranchers. And we're not on the same side as these issues. Um, I'm not a loyalist. Uh, I, want, I want to do what's right for the future. What, 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 do you, what do you mean? Well, a lot of people are loyal to their trade organizations. And you can see that here in Texas, big. You know, there's one of the largest trade organizations here is a great organization that provides a lot of good things, but they've signed on to the sustainability model. But their their members don't understand that model, but they're loyal, and I call them organization loyalists, and I'm not that. I don't want to be that. I want to be an independent producer, and I want we, to.
0: We all should be independent. I mean— you know, I was a Republican and not a Republican. I'll vote for Republicans. Yeah. when I, But I'm not loyal to the no. institution. That's the problem. Agree. We need to be loyal to the to the Constitution, Constitution. and to God. Yes. Those two things, that's where your loyalty goes. God and goes. the Constitution. Yes.
1: Because freedom comes from God. Yes. Our true freedom comes from God. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not against those people. I'm just saying, wake up. Because those things that you are, you are voting for that you don't understand are going to put you out of business. See, tyrants have no loyalty, Glenn. At the end, one tyrant's going to kill the other. They don't care. And so this loyalty, movement of loyalty amongst these people to depend on trade organizations to keep them in business is going to come back to bite everybody. Because they are being, it's a pay-to-play system, Glenn, it's a pay to play system and the the global corporations are paying these trade organizations right now USDA United States Department of Agriculture uh the um I'm trying to think of what program that is uh is it, it, uh, I can't think of it right now but that's right uh anyway they you know they partnered up with all of these trade organizations and and media outlets um Farm Journal, USDA pays Farm Journal $40 million to promote the carbon, carbon solutions program. Oh, my gosh. They paid ADM, Archer Daniel Midland, the largest ag, ag company mm-hmm. in the world, uh, $90 million. South Dakota State University, $50 million. What are they going to do? They're pushing that ideology they're pushing that sustainable development control mechanism that teaches our kids in the, in the university system. It has, it's done a disservice to us.
0: I, I will tell you that when I was reading the World Economic Forum's farming and food distribution plan, it's one of the most arrogant things I've oh. ever seen, that by 2030, we will completely redesign from seed to fork The entire food production industry. And I thought, that took us hundreds of thousands of years to perfect. And to get it this close. It's not perfect, but to get it this close. And you're just going to arrogantly a bunch of eggheads say, you know what? We're going to do it completely different.
1: That's nuts. Who else did that? Mao, Hitler, Cuba. They all did it. You got caught with seeds, they killed you. You get caught growing a garden in Cuba, they killed you on the spot. We are on the cusp of something very dangerous if Americans don't wake up. And I don't say that to scare people because the truth is, is you know, it's a day by day. I say it because independent production, independent constru- uh, consumption, independent thought is so important especially right now.
0: Tell me about the mRNA vaccine. Bill Gates wants to give all the cattle.
1: Well, I don't have a lot of knowledge on that. I know there was one state that uh, had a, um, a bill presented that would, that would uh, try to stop that. We do not do that in the beef industry, cattle industry. Now I'm not saying the technology is not there. I don't know. That's not my area of expertise. But we don't do that. Now, somebody asked me here a while back about vaccines in cattle. I will tell you from my knowledge and my experience, and I'm I'm what they call, I'm, I'm the middle man. I'm a stalker guy. So there's several segments. There's a cow-calf segment, stalker segment, feedlot segment. I'm the, I'm the guy in the middle. And um, there are vaccines that we have to give our cattle. You know, mm-hmm. one of those is blackleg. That's a spore in the ground that can kill cattle quickly. Um, we have to do that. Some of these other vaccines, I don't do. I don't participate in any of it. I don't know where the mRNA stuff is going. I, I think the technology is there. Uh, we know the technology is there. Um, but it is dangerous. It's very dangerous. And, you know, is it a part of the uh, ESG uh, The radio for, you know, RFID, they're trying to implement that without the will of the people right now in the beef industry, RFID, uh, ESG, uh, where all these cattle have to have an RFID tag to travel interstate. Uh, You have to register your premises. Who else did that? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and so there's so many complex issues that that are interwoven into this diabolical web of sustainability and and um, it are it. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And you know what? It's a freedom killer. They're all freedom killers. And I, I like to tout that I'm a freedom maker, not a freedom taker. I've never served my country in the military. So I guess this is kind of my way of serving my country is to make sure that, you know, we can produce independently under, under the guise of our own thought, you know, not under independent production or not under the sustainable development you know, people don't know, under the, the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, you have to produce as they see fit, or you get out of the market. That happened in Brazil under the Global Roundtable for Sustain- Sustainable Soy. What does uh, that mean? What did they do
0: in Brazil?
1: So, they sell all of their soy to the European Union. And in order to be able to sell, you had to be a member or a part of the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Soy, which means that you... Uh, produce that soy as they tell you to s- produce. They're pushing the same thing in the United States and in, in under the global and U.S. roundtables for sustainable beef. You get on board, or you get out of the market. Now here in the United States, they say, "Oh, shad you're wrong. That's a voluntary program." Well, I'll tell you, it's voluntary until it's not. Mm-hmm. And those programs have already been employed in the Netherlands in Germany, across the European Union. And you're seeing what's happening. These farmers are revolting. Their freedom has been taken. What little freedom they had. They weren't like the United States. So we have to get on top of this and we have to wake our friends up. And it's all interwoven into the property rights discussion. It's all interwoven into the free market capitalistic system, into the Constitution, into liberty uh we have to wake up you know what is the
0: first what are we going to see because they're ahead of us in europe what are we going to start seeing or has it been held together enough to not make that big of an impact yet
1: i i think that we're immediately going to start seeing those production regulatory mechanisms come about and they're starting through the rfid esg uh, in the beef cattle you know we there are a lot of cattle traded interstate in the United States millions upon millions of head and once you start uh, putting that data information out there I think we're in trouble why
0: why tagging them I, my dog well, has they're,
1: a they're saying it's for uh, disease traceability But we have an adequate system that traces disease. If they were worried about disease traceability, why did we move our disease laboratory from Plum Island to Manhattan, Kansas, in the middle of cattle country? We Mm. did that. Foot and mouth has escaped that laboratory uh, off of Plum Island, off the coast of New York, before dissipated out in the ocean. But we've moved that laboratory... That contains all these deadly diseases into manhattan kansas right in the middle of beef cattle country are you kidding me it's not all of this is not if but when they have to take control somehow and that's what this is data mining all of it glenn it's all so convoluted and confusing i hate to think about it
0: i know i know you know i know i've been doing this for a long time i know know. You know, you see with your brain and not with your eye, our brain constantly senses what's happening around and and how and what we see not only depends on the strength of our own eyes, but the brain uh, fills in certain things and it helps us make optimal decisions. This is why you need as much vision field and peripheral vision as possible. Vision is so important to humans that almost half of our brain's capacity, 25% of all of the energy that we expend every day, is, is powering our eyes. It's an amazing thing. Rodenstock, really well known all around the world. Um, they have come up with what they call biometric intelligence, intelligent glasses. Your brain will adapt to them nearly uh, instantly. If you've ever put on new glasses and you're like, oh, I got to get used to these. It's instant with this. They feel so natural, relaxing. It the way they make the lenses, it's like a hot knife through butter, and you'll have a seamless visual experience and visual acuity like you haven't experienced before since wearing glasses. Biometric intelligent glasses with artificial intelligence from Rodenstock. You can find them only place in America. Better Spectacles. Go to BetterSpectacles.com/back. Schedule your teleoptical appointment. Get your glasses now for sixty percent off. BetterSpectacles.com/back let's talk about labeling here for a second um (laughs) grass-fed i raise grass-fed beef me too but then i sell them and i know they go to a feedlot okay and now they're eating grain and whatever and it can still say grass-fed beef even though at the end they got big and fat and everything off of of corn yeah so the label means nothing. It's grass finished, finished beef, right? That you have to look for.
1: You know, I'm not an expert in that area. Um, I know what I do is is I I actually finish mine on grass. Southeast Colorado is you're able to do that because our grass is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, as far as the labeling of grass-fed, you know, there there are supposed mechanisms in there uh, through the organic movement that that would guarantee supposed to guarantee that, but you know, I, I question that because isn't uh, corn a grass? Yeah, it is. So can you, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. So I don't know. What I'm, what I'm what
0: I'm getting to is like the made in USA mm-hmm. that label product of USA that label means
1: nothing, nothing. nothing um does organic mean anything what does organic mean well i mean if you ask me the corn is growing out of the ground we finish them on corn that's organic to me right you know right so i don't so i don't know i'm not an expert in that
0: so um there's a new one low carbon meat
1: what is that that is what i'm talking about through this uh carbon credit system that the usda is coming out with and i have ranchers that are neighbors that are participating in a program a low carbon credit program through the usda getting paid uh to uh, monitor their carbon emissions and now how do you do that i don't know to me it's a lot like going down to 7-eleven and airing up your tire for 25 cents paying 25 cents for air in your tire I mean, it's very confusing to me. We have to have cattle uh, to create this. Car- this carbon is good, right? Yeah,
0: carbon is what makes you know, everything grow. You
1: know, we have to, we have, to have this. They, they, they say it like it's a bad thing. And under you know, pr- proper regenerative practices, we know that we're better carbon. than carbon
0: neutral. Right. We're carbon beings. Yes. <laughs>
1: we're carbon yes. beings. I wish I was a scientist, but I'm not, Glenn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish I was a yeah, scientist I mean, if either. I had to play the game that they're playing yeah. now. Um, I know my, my grandfather, uh, he was a farmer. And um, I remember him saying, these all these elite scientists and everybody with a all of their college degrees come in, they don't have any idea what it's like to stick their hand in the dirt. And they are They're Everything they're preaching is wrong.
1: They have no stake in the game. Yeah. They have no stake in the game. And if they were put under pressure, they wouldn't win. They wouldn't, they could not, you know, put some, put some of these guys out on the land and say, Hey, in six months, bring us a crop. They couldn't do it. Oh no. They couldn't, couldn't begin to do it. I think, I harken back to my great-great-grandmother who was uh, here in Texas, and her husband died the same week as her eight-year-old daughter. And on his deathbed, he said, take those boys and go to Colorado. And you know what she did, Glenn? She took seven boys and a girl, and she went to Colorado, and she dug her own, her own house. She dug it out of the ground, a dugout, covered it with sod. She mm. dug their own well. You think these people could do this now? No. Everything is so easy for us. We've had the best life. But now we have people who want to take that from us. Tell me about in Colorado. I was looking at a
0: piece of land in Colorado. It was a little town, actually. And um, uh, they said, uh, you have to be really careful here because you don't own the water. And I said, well, what does that mean? Yeah. And they said, well, in Colorado... Even the water that falls as rain. That's correct. Belongs to the
1: state. It belongs to somebody. <laughs> somebody But downed. not you. But not me. I can remember when my dad, uh, and that, and this gets into some very convoluted and confusing stuff, but I can remember my dad told me in the 1950s, he says, I remember when they came and stole our water. And I said, what did that mean, dad? And he said, well, the, uh, we owned our water under the ground until the 1950s and the state come in and said, no, that's not your water. You have the right to use it, but it's not yours. They have what they call preemptive rights. And so some of these rights go back to the 1870s. Those people still own their water rights. Um, but over the years, the need for water in Colorado has increased because of the front range increase in population and so in my county, Crowley County, Colorado, um, they came in three different times and and Aurora, Colorado, Denver, bought the water from the farmers that owned it from those preemptive rights. So now when you sell your water rights, it's worth a fortune. Um, uh, That water must go to feed the people, right? So no longer, our county is no longer irrigated. It is now dry land and there's no farming left and it became one of the poorest counties in the nation because we sold our water some of the older generations kept that water but any water that is produced in Colorado that ha- that flows flows out of the state belongs to somebody or somebody else kansas came in and sued colorado for their water down the arkansas and i believe and the, uh, the republican rivers i think that was nebraska and art uh, and Kansas won that lawsuit. so now any well that is uh, irrigation well must be augmented. they must keep track of that is paid for you know all, every you cannot you cannot capture your water in the big cities, off of your houses. That water must go into a tributary because it is owned by someone else. Water law in Colorado is if I was a young person would be a great thing to get into. It is enormous, and I grew up, and my dad told us he said kids water's worth more than oil and gold. He yeah. he pounded that into our ha- into our heads and it is. And luckily we have good water where we're at, but we don't have any water rights. We just have the right to use it.
0: I was walking on a golf course once with a I don't play golf and neither did he. We we're just on a golf course. We we're walking on this golf course and uh uh he's a multi-billionaire, and he said Glenn, buy water that's all he said and then he turned around and started walking i stood there for a second i'm like i don't know what that means exactly and i walk i run back up next to his side as he's walking i said why do i feel like somebody who was walking a golf course with rockefeller senior (laughs) yeah and he said buy oil and he said because it is the next oil but he said something interesting to me he said do not be the owner of the water he said, you will be an oil company. You will be demonized and torn apart. He said, you need to be somebody who is searching yeah. for water or purifying yes. water. He yes. said, otherwise, you might as well be an oil guy.
1: Yeah, I can see I can see that. Yeah, water is a huge thing in Colorado. And, you know, here we go again under the America the Beautiful uh, executive order. the 30 by 30, you know, Biden's America, the beautiful plan is supposed to take control of all uh, conserve 30% of the land and water and water uh, by 2030 across the United States, only to be followed up by the UN 50 by 50 resolution, you know, take, conserve 50% of the water, uh, the world's water and lands by 2050.
0: Totally changes us. Oh, totally. Let me ask you this. Um I was at a, another friend who has mm, probably 5,000 head of buffalo. Wow. And it, it's an amazing sight. It's mm-hmm. an amazing sight. And um we were talking and you could see that one doesn't really look like bison. That one looks more like a cow. Ca- Cattle? Yeah. yeah. And it's all from the inbreeding of, you know. Sure. And I said, uh um, where do you get the pure buffalo to start with? And he said, you don't. And I said, why not? And he said, the government is the only owner of all bison, pure wow. bison. And I did you, not know this. Yeah. And he said, they're Yellowstone. And when they have to thin the herd, we'd take them. We'd take them so we could, we could bring that animal back. back and uh they won't do them. he they said destroy them. they'll destroy him before they'll ever get rid of them and that to me that said something about and then living next to them as a bln blm they're not good conservationists they're not good landowners they're not good for no uh, animals
1: no they're not they're absolutely not they're fork tongued uh that that's no surprise to me i, I know that if you you know, those management skills of those people I've often questioned because that's where really my advocacy started and uh, was watching them try to manage my family. And, what happened to your family? Well, uh, I grew up on a ranch in Southeast Colorado. Um, we owned a ranch, but we also leased a big ranch. And, and back in 1992, my dad decided he would buy that ranch. and And so within that, Parameter. it was fairly large. There was 12,000 acres that belonged to the state of Colorado. And it was in 160s, 320s, but it was unfenced. And so the state came to us and said, hey, if you're going to buy this ranch, we want our 12,000 acres in one block. And we want that block here. And it happened to be over the main water source. And so it stopped the sale of the ranch. And... um." They knew that we kind of... How could they just declare that that's where they want? Yeah, it? that's the question. And that's exactly why my dad said, ah, we're, we're going to kind of back out of this. But to make a long story short, in two weeks they owned the ranch, the state of Colorado. They're not supposed to be in the ranch in business. Mm-mm. They're not supposed to be competing. And now they own multiple ranches in partnerships with organizations like the Nature Conservancy. And uh, that has spread wildly in Colorado. And, uh, and so that's what happened to me. That's what happened was that land taking. And now we've got another, another deal coming on that you know Colorado passed through legislation that we needed to be 100% renewable by 2030. So now we have companies, uh, mega companies like XL Power coming in and saying, hey, we're going to put this power line across your ranch and we're going to pay you this much. You don't have the right to negotiate with us Uh, We're going to take this land this way. uh, Here's what we're going to pay you, and you got to keep your mouth shut. That's what's happening to me right now on our ranch in Colorado. And no negotiations. I said they offered us a, a dollar amount a year ago, and I said no. No thank you. We've been here for four generations. We've put the time and effort into our ranch. We've put the time and effort back into our local community, which is most important for us. Uh, the youth of our community, and you're going to tell us that if we don't take what you offer, uh, we're going to eminent domain you. That's what they told us, and that's what they're trying to do. No negotiations. Is this even America? Is this even America?
0: Not anymore. Not I anymore. Mean,
1: my dad is rolling in his grave over a lot of things, and I, you know, there was a lot of things that happened over the last since he's died in in our country that. Probably would have killed him, Mm. you know, and it's all interwoven, Glenn. That's what you have to understand is it is all that one way
0: ticket. It's funny because um, people think this is about Biden and Trump or Democrats and Republicans. No, it's not. No, it's the elites against the people. Even the socialists and the Marxists are going to be very surprised. They're not going to be the winner in the end. No, it's the giant corporations in bed with the government. Absolutely,
1: of the world. absolutely. And that pay-to-play system. That's why I, I always said, which I never will run for legislation. I would. The first thing I would do is end lobbying. This yeah. lobbying power is so enormous in the United States. We can't do that. We cannot keep a free country under under pay to play, cannot do that. We have to end that. Um, these corporations that have taken total control of everything below them, you know, it's, it's, it's a real problem. Hmm. We better get on top of it. But I think, you know, there was one individual here a while back that said, fundamental change. And here we are. Yeah. Maybe he didn't have enough time in office to produce that fundamental change but it's being done now. It's being done now. We have if if we don't stop it this election
0: uh the world will be just a very different it's not just America it's no, the whole it's world. It's the whole world. Whole
1: world. We know that. We know that, you know, we know what the Bible says and guess what our enemies know what the Bible says. Mhm. And so they have to uh they have to move fast. And they are moving fast, Glenn. Yeah, I know that. You know. It's a it's a crazy place. The only thing I worry about is my kid. Mm-hmm. You know what is going to happen to my kid? I, hearken back to the, those images that we see on, on TV and in movies, with them loading them on cattle cars, and it comes to my mind often. I'm my my son is an only child. Well, he's got an older sister, but she's thirty years old. She's out of the house, so we're raising him as an only child, and and. If I was to die, you know, what would he do? What would he do? That's why we have to ensure this protection that the Constitution gives us for individual liberty. We have to do it. Whatever it takes, we got to do it. These guys down at the border, as far as I'm concerned, they're heroes today. Mm -hmm. They're saying, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to destroy our country. And that's a whole different convoluted mess, but it's all part of it. It's all part of the movement to destroy America. You know, we have to be, um, we have to carry our, our fiduciary duties as citizens. Yeah. We have
0: to live. Yeah. And do it in a way, uh, we can be angry, as the scriptures say, we can be angry, but we cannot sin
1: in our anger. There is righteousness in our yeah. anger. Yeah. We, we, we can be angry. And we can uh, protect our families as we need to protect them. Um, But we want to, if if we're going to save America, and that's what ultimately we're trying to do, is save our country. The greatest country on earth, the beacon on the hill, it is everything they say it is. And the bloodshed that these men and women, millions of men and women spilled their blood so we could sit here and talk like this without reprise, hopefully. Hmm. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal.
0: The good news is, we know how it ends. Yes. I don't know what it's going to be like to get to that uh, part, but uh, evil is always conquered. Uh, and the, these rights are, they belong to him, not to us. Amen. And uh, he's just not going to, I mean, we may lose them, but they'll be found by others someplace else and freedom will not go away. It just won't. Yeah. Chad, thank you so much.
1: Well, I hope, I hope you enjoyed it and I sure enjoyed the conversation. And yeah, me too. I'm very thankful for you and for your work. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Just a reminder...